All right, I will say good morning, good morning. Shechianu v'kiyimanu v'higiyanu l'azmanazeh. We are zochah today, Meres Hashem, to be able to complete the last parak of Meseches Nedarim. What an incredible, beautiful, and overwhelming accomplishment. So I will say begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning. Should to thank our Talmud Torah sponsor for the month of Shvat. This is Bracha Strimber in memory, dedicating all the Shrimmer and Trashos this month in memory of Avram ben Kalman Eliezer Halevi Zichron Livrach. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Neshama will have an Aliyah and the family in Nechama. And with that, let us begin. So today's daf, as I said, is Tzadik Aleph. We are picking up in Merit Sashem. Actually, we left off. We have a lot to do today. We left off in the middle of the Mishnah on Tzadik Amad Bey's 90B. So we'll say, if you remember again, the Mishnah started by saying that Halacha Lamaisa, the Allah Lamaisa, Barishona. Mark talked about one of these interesting Mishnahis which, t- which teaches us about the original iteration of the Halacha and then a subsequent reframing of the Halacha. In the original iteration of the Halacha, we see the, what did the Gemara say? That if woman, woman, there were three claims a woman could make and ultimately, again, essentially trigger the need for divorce, but still go ahead and retain her ksuva. What were the three claims? Number one, a woman says, I was violated. I was violated, and therefore I can no longer remain married to you. Number two, Shamaim Beni the heavens are between me and you, which again, the Ran explained was a, was a euphemism for claiming that the husband could not have children because his zera, his semen, did not come out with force, and therefore again, Allah Khalamaisa, she, she needs, she wants children, this marriage can't provide her with that. And number three, she makes a neder that she's not allowed to be intimate with any Jew, which obviously includes her husband as well. So all of these would trigger the need for divorce with a ksuva. Okay, now continuing Mishnah, we'll say, Chazrul Omar, so Chazal then came back and said, So we'll say, what Chazal then became concerned about something. Now, in general, the reason why Chazal would become concerned about something is because they saw this being abused. And what do they see being abused? That a woman made these claims. Now, why did they make these claims? Why, why, would a woman, why, why could a woman potentially make this claim? Because she wants to marry someone else. But the problem is just she can't get out of her marriage. So what does she do? She makes one of these claims. This way, again, the claim, the claim triggers the need for divorce. She gets out of the marriage, gets her ksuva, and then gets to go on with someone else. Now, it's interesting, by the way, so I will say, if the, if the, the Ran, if you, if you look in the Ran, two, four, uh, yeah, four lines into the wide lines. So it's actually interesting. So the Ran actually picks up on the third case. Now, remember again, cases one and two have nothing to do with Nidarim. The reason why this is here in the Mishnah is because of case number three, where she makes a neder, I'm removed from the Jewish people. So what are we concerned about? She made this neder, why? Why? In order to get out of her marriage, but also she gets her ksuba because she wants to go marry someone else. The problem is, could she marry someone else? Could she marry someone else? No, she has a neder. But maybe she's going to go somewhere where no one knows her, no one knows her, and no one knows about her neder, and she'll go in and she'll get married. And that's going to be a problem because, of course, she's in violation of the neder. The Ran is seizing on that last case because this is Meseches Nedarim. But at the end of the day, the concern is about the exploitation of any of these outs. So therefore, again, what did Chazal do in the second iteration? Chazul Omar, Therefore, they said as follows. Therefore, if a woman makes the claim that I am Tameh to you, 
Right? I was violated and therefore a sura to you. Tavi Rai Ludvarao. It's not enough for her to make the claim. She has to go ahead and bring a raya. She has to bring a proof. She has to bring some, or some type of some type of testimony, some type of edos that indeed she was violated. Hashemayim binil beinecha. It's very interesting. If she makes the claim, the heavens are between me and you, then what happens? Diasu derech bakasha. Now I will say, now literally means they, should, means they should make it a request. Now what does that mean they should make it a request? So I will say, this is an interesting discussion. If you take a look, if you take a look at the Ran, let's just go in order over here, the Mepharsh, and look at the Ran. The Ran is six lines in. Yasud into the wide lines. Yasud derech bakasha. Mepharsh b'yusham yases su'uda v'yifayis. We tell the husband to make a nice dinner for her and to, and to reconcile with her. And the Ran is saying, the Ran is saying it's an Eitzah Tova. They will say, okay, hold that. So the Ran says, tell the husband, take her out for a nice dinner and make up with her. Okay, that's the Ran. If you take a look at the Rush, the Rush says, We ask her not to talk about this anymore. We ask her not to talk about this anymore. That's the rush. Take a look at Tosis. So I was say in the right in the right hand margin, uh, five lines into the wide lines. Yasuderek Bakasha, Kilomar, Yivakshumi Manashalo Tomar Oat came, Mishundlomahenda. We I say to her, don't talk about this anymore because your claim is not believed. Your claim is not believed. Now Tosis goes on, Vaopir Shoin Khanal be Yavamis, Yivakshurakumi Isamakum Shilabanam. We daven for them. We dive in for them. They will say the common denominator amongst all of these approaches is that halacha This claim is not believed to trigger divorce with aksuba. That's uh, that. That's what's happening over here. So again, everyone's giving a little bit of a different interpretation. But the bottom line is that halacha The claim is not believed. Next, netulani minayehudim. I am removed from the Jewish people. What happens if she makes that claim? Yafar chalka. actually, this actually we saw already. This is actually an easy. This actually is an easy fix. This obviously again is Dvarim Shebeno Lebeno. And therefore again, he has, the husband has the ability to annul his part of the nether. And therefore they can have relations. And her nether stands, Lagabe, the rest of the Jewish people, which is fine. That doesn't impact the husband. Good. So I'll say, so that, that's the two stages of this Mishnah. Incredible. Says the Gemari, So I'll say, follow up Shaila. Let's say the woman, Rachel's married to Ruvain. So Rachel says, I was violated. I was violated. Now, we'll say, now remember, the Ran already kind of gave away the punchline of the Gemara, which we're going to get to. But this case, obviously, only, it only comes up in a case of a Kohen, right? Because if the wife of a Yisrael is violated, she still remains permitted to her husband. This is talking about a case of an Asha's Kohen, right? The wife of a Kohen. So now the Shaila is, so now what we've essentially established is that if a wife of a Kohen comes and says to her husband, I was violated, what, what do we do with that statement? What do we do with that statement? Essentially, it's meaningless unless, of course, she brings some type of edus, some type of testimony to support this claim. So now the Gemara asks, what about truma consumption? So now Rachel made, Rachel married, Rachel's married to Ruben, Ruben's a Kohen. Rachel made this claim that she was violated. So now Rachel might say she permitted to eat truma or not. Says the Gemara, so Rav Shesha says, says, yes, she's allowed to eat Truma. Why? Because out of a concern, if we don't let her eat Truma, what's going to happen? It's going to cast dispersion on her offspring. So I'll say, if we don't let her eat Truma, then what are people going to say about her kids? They're going to say, oh, it must be that Rachel's kids aren't from Ruvain, rather, they are from someone else. Rava Amarava says, Ino Chales. Rava says, no. Halokha Lamaisa, we don't let her eat Truma. Why? Afshad the Achla 
Because I will say, it's fine, by the way. Not every Asia's coin eats truma. Right? Sometimes a woman is Tamea, right? For different reasons. I, I don't mean Tamea violated. I mean Tamea that she could be an Eva. She could be Tomas Mace. She have Tomas Mace. So Rabbi says, it's fine. In other words, people eat Chulin also. Let her get by without, without Truma. Just let her eat Chulin. So the Gemara says, Amar Rabba. If you look, if you look at, if you look at the Ran, the last line of the Ran, Efshad the Akla Chulin is literally the last line of the Ran. The Meimar Amri Truma Chudelesla. In other words, it's interesting. So, so what's interesting over here is Rava. Rav, sorry, Rava says, "Let her eat chulin." Why? Because the act of eating chulin doesn't cast dispersions on her on her children. Why? Rabbi said because if people see her eating truma, sorry, people see her eating chulin. What will people say? What will people say? They don't have truma, <laughs> or she's tamei. In other words, not not tamei violated. In other words, see, see here's what's interesting. Rav Sheshis feels the act of an H.S. Kohen not eating truma, by definition, is a statement. I will say, this is such an interesting thing. The act of, uh, the act of an H.S. Kohen not eating truma is a statement. Rava says, not everything is a statement. I will say, by the way, isn't this an incredible thing? You see this today in contemporary society, right? It feels like we live in a time where every single thing you do is a statement, is a statement, right? You, you wear this color, you do this, you say this, you that, you that. It's, it's a statement. That's a, and that's what Shesha is saying. Shesha is saying people look at everything like a statement. So the act of an Asian's calling not eating truma is a statement. Rabbi says, I don't understand. Not everything is a statement. Sometimes an Asian's calling is not eating truma. You know why? You know why? There's no truma in the house. So ultimately, again, not every single thing has to be a statement. Incredible. So when Amar Rava, Rava says, Rav Sheshes, Rav Sheshes would agree that an Asia's coin should not eat truma when shimnis armala sheina ocheles. So it's very interesting. Rav Sheshes would agree that a woman who made this claim of temeyani lecha, once her husband dies, she should not eat any more truma. Why? Because the only reason Rav Sheshes was saying she should eat truma is why midi who time elamishum the only reason Rav Sheshah said that even though she made this claim, she should continue to eat Shumo as why? In order not to cast dispersions about the paternity of her children. However, in this Armalov, in this Garsha, but if she was widowed or divorced, and then suddenly she's, well, really is more widowed, and then she stopped eating Shumo, Amri Hashta Deistis Nisa. People will say the reason she stopped eating Shumo was because now she was violated after her husband, well, after her husband already passed away. Okay, so I'll say, so an interesting machlokas, interesting machlokas, fine. Amra Papa, so I'll say an interesting case. Badek lan Rava, Rava tested us with the following shayla. Here we go. Eishis klin shenensa, yesh laksuva, o'in laksuva. So I'll say, so now listen to this, this is great. So Papa said that Rava, when he wanted to fire, when he wanted to test the shear, he threw out the following shayla. Here's the shayla. If a wife of a coin was violated, does she get a ksuva or not get a ksuva? That's the shayla. So I will say, this is talking about a case over here where we know that she was, if you take a look, by the way, Rashi says it, Rashi on the left-hand side, last Rashi on the page. So Rashi says over here, Be'edim. This is talking about a case, so I will say, the Mishnah's case was where Rachel says to Reuven, her coin husband, I was violated. How do we know that she was violated? How do we know? Her word. So that's where there's a concern, like what's going on over here. In this case over here, the way Rashi's understanding it over here is Rav Papa. So Rav Papa is saying that Rav tests us to find Shiloh. Let's say we know that she was violated. We know that she was violated. So, so now we'll say, what's that law if the wife of a coin is violated? We know that she was violated. What's that law? Huh? They have to get divorced. So what's the Shiloh? Does she get a or not? Does she get a 
So the Gemara says, Kevan da'on is lagabe koin kerotz and lagabe Yisrael dami. That was very interesting. On one hand, we could say that from a halachic perspective, and again, listen to these words very carefully. From a halachic perspective, the violation of an Ishes coin is like willful adultery of the wife of a Yisrael. Now, I'll say, what does that mean? The Gemara is not Shalom trying to equate the experiences, but what the Gemara is trying to do is from a halachic status perspective, they're the same thing. What happens if the wife of a Yisrael willfully commits adultery? And there are witnesses to this. What's the halacha? She's a surah to her husband. What's the halacha if the wife of a coin is violated? She's a surah to her husband. So from a status perspective, from a status perspective, violation of the wife of a coin is the same thing as willful adultery of an HS Yisrael. Not equating the experiences, equating the status. And therefore I would say, it will say, what's the halacha if the wife of a Yisrael willfully commits adultery and there's a Yisrael, what's the halacha? They have to get divorced and does she get a ksuva? Absolutely not. There's forfeiture of the ksuva. So maybe I say the same way that there's forfeiture of the ksuva by the case of an Ishes Yisrael who willfully commits adultery, so too that there is the forfeiture of the ksuva by the wife of a coin who's violated. Oh, Dilma. Or maybe you could say like this, Matzi Amralei, let's say the wife of the coin could say to her husband, listen, Anu Chazina. Right? The wife of the coin could say, listen, I'm more than happy to continue in this marriage, right? Something happened to me. I am, so to speak, fit. What's the problem? So I will say, listen to this. Rachel could say, when Rachel, the wife of Ruvain, the coin is violated, what could she say to Ruvain? What could she say to Ruvain? I'm fine. You know who the problem is with? You know who the problem is with? The problem is you. That is a conversation that happens often in the context of marriage, right? I am fine. You are the problem. You are the problem. And generally, it's correct statement. So we'll say, so ultimately, she could say, listen, I'm happy to continue this marriage, right? So there were circumstances visited upon me. The problem is that you are a Kohen. And as a Kohen, you have an issue in terms of remaining married to me, but the problem is not me. I'm happy to remain. I'm happy to remain. So I'll say, Amin Allah. So I'll say, so this is the Shaila. This was, this, this was the fire. This was the test that Rabbah was throwing out to the Talmidim. <laughs> Namely, Aisha's coin Shenesa, wife of a coin who was violated. And we have Eidos that she was violated. Obviously, the marriage cannot continue. But does she get a ksuva or not? And we said back. So now this is this is Rav Papa saying back. To, so Rav Papa said, "We the Talmidim answered Rava." But say second line from the top ninety-one. Masnisinhi. This is a Mishnah. Mishnah. What's the Mishnah? If a wife said to her husband, "I am Tamea to you," this is the first case in the Mishnah. Yeshla ksuva. She has a ksuva. She has a ksuva. I say, so this is my first Mishnah, right? But am I asking, and what's the case? So I say, this is kind of where the Ran gave away the punchline a little bit of the Mishnah. But say, I just want to point out, in the Mishnah, remember again, in the Mishnah, when the Mishnah talks about this case of a woman says to her husband, I was violated. They will say, what doesn't the Mishnah tell us? What doesn't the Mishnah tell us? The Mishnah doesn't tell us what kind of couple we're talking about. So in other words, when we look at the Mishnah, okay, so we read the Ran. We read the Ran. So like I said, the Ran totally gave away the entire Gemara. Right? But Lamaisa, when you read it, it's not immediately clear. We're just talking about a husband and a wife. So watch this. Now the Gemara goes through the process. So let's look at the Mishnah. A woman comes to her husband and she says, Again, what's the Mishnah's case? No Eidos. 
So Rachel's coming over to, to Ruvain and she says, I was violated. I was violated. What did the Mishnah say? She has a ksuba. Rachel gets her ksuba. What's the case? What's the case? If we're talking about that Ruvain is Yisrael, right? Ruvain is Yisrael, and ultimately, again, Ruvain's married to Rachel, and now again, this is regular Yisrael couple, so then what's the case? Ibaratzon, if Rachel willfully engage in an extramarital affair, Klum does she get a ksuba in such a situation? Of course not. Ve'ibaones, and if at the end of the day she was violated, so mikamitsura al-gavra, then why do we have to talk about a ksuba? She's, not, she's permitted to remain married. In other words, what's, what's the case? If, if Reuven is a Yisrael and Rachel was violated, right? If, if, she, if she willfully engaged in an extramarital affair, so yes, she's a surahim and there's no ksuba. If she was violated, ksuba only comes into play when there's a divorce. But if she was violated, there's no need for divorce. She's permitted to him. The Ella, so must be what's the case of the Mishnah? Here it is, Be'eshes Kohen. It must be that the case of the Mishnah is where Ruvain is a Kohen. Ruvain, oh, okay, so now, now this makes much more sense. So let's analyze this. Iberatzon, so if Ruvain is a Kohen and Rachel willfully engaged in an extramarital marital affair, so Yesh Laksuva? Does she have a Ksuva? Of course not. Would she be any different than if she was married to Yisrael? Any time that a woman willfully engages in an extramarital affair, so it triggers the need for, with Eidos, it triggers the need for divorce, and there's no ksuva. So what's the Mishnah's case? The Mishnah's case is where Rachel is married to Ruvain. Ruvain is a Kohen, and Rachel claimed that she was violated. She was violated, and what does the Mishnah say? And what does the Mishnah say? Ultimately, again, she gets a ksuba. She will say, what do you see from here? You see from here that when an Aisha's coin is violated, it triggers the need for divorce, but she is absolutely entitled to her ksuba. Incredible. So we'll say that's the resolution of that case. Next, Ibailo. Ibailohu. Good. Ibailo. Amr Lebailo Girashtani Mahu. This is a very interesting case, right? Let's say, let's say Rachel shows up in Beisdin, right? Rachel shows up in Beisdin, and she comes with the following claim. Ruvain, you divorced me. You divorced me. Now I'll say, okay, no problem. A woman makes a claim like that. What's the first thing Beisdin's going to ask her? Where does he get? So I'll say, look at the Ran. Ran is on the left-hand side, second line down from the top. Ibailu, amra lebaila girashtani. Vinis karahaget, o sha'avad. Mahu la mina ula tira linose. So, halacha la main salvier, she's coming to Bezdin, she's claiming, Ruben, you divorced me. Right? We ask her, where's the get? I lost it. I lost it. Now, now, understand, understand, there's another piece that's happening over here, which is that what? What is Ruben saying? What is Ruben saying? Uh, no, I didn't. Right? No, I didn't. I think we might have had a miscommunication. You know, sometimes couples misunderstand each other. Right? So, I'll say, so, so I think we have a, like, a shtickle misunderstanding over here. I never divorced you. So she's claiming I'm divorced. He's claiming, no, we're not. Bezin says, where's your get? She's saying, I lost it. Okay, so what's the halacha? I'm Rafa Nuna. So Tashma, so let's, say, let's analyze this. Tashma. So ta- Tashma, ha-omeres temeani lecha, if a woman says, well, let's go back to the Mishnah, right? So Rachel's married to Ruvain. Rachel claims, I was violated. So what's that, Rachel? So da'afilu le Mishnah achrona, diktani lo mehemna. Now we'll say, so let's analyze this. We have two, we have two, um, 
we'll, we'll call it versions, but two stages of the halacha in the Mishnah. This is what we call the Mishnah Rishona and the Mishnah Achrona, right? The original halacha and then the subsequent halacha. The, what was the original halacha? The original halacha was a woman shows up in Beisdin or she tells her husband, Tamei lacha, an anacious Kohen, right? Rachel shows up, married to Reuven the Kohen. She says, I was violated. Then we'll say, what was the original halacha? The original halacha is, she's believed, right? Husband divorces her and she gets her ksuva. Chazru Lomar, second, ver- second iteration of the halacha was, hold up, Bring Eidos. You, you, you got to bring some type of corroboration because we're afraid that you are exploiting a legal loophole to get your ksuva and to move on with some other guy. See, you, you need to go ahead and bring some type of corroborating evidence to this claim. So watch this. So the Gemara says, So, Even according to the second iteration of the halacha, Tiktani Lomahemda, which says ultimately again that she's not believed just when she lodges the claim, why were Chazal concerned that a woman would lie about Tamei Lacha? Why would she lie about it? Because her husband has no first-hand knowledge about it. And in general, we can both say, where do people, what do people lie about? What do people lie about? Stuff that they feel they can get away with because someone else is missing knowledge. So the Chazal were concerned a woman could lie. And she could say, Tamei Lacha, I was violated. Why? Because the truth is, her husband doesn't really have, what is he going to say? No, you weren't. No, you weren't. He's not with her every single moment of every single day. So therefore, again, it's possible. That it's, it, she, she could say, yeah, you weren't with me. Yeah, it did happen. It did happen. Listen to this. But I will say, ultimately, again, when it comes to saying that she was divorced, right? She's not going to lie about that. Why? So say there's a chazaka. The chazaka is a woman is not going to tell a bold-faced lie right in the presence of her husband. I both say this is not unique to marriage. In general, again, we see this concept in halacha that a person is not going to lie right to the face of someone else about a piece of information that the other could know is blatantly false. So also, you know where else we find this? We find this with the Baal the creditor, right? That the halacha is, if I owe Reuven $100, Reuven comes and says, I owe you $100. And I say, Reuven, I owe you nothing. I owe you nothing. There's a chazaka that a credit that a borrower is not going to tell a bold-faced lie that he owes nothing in the face of his creditor. So a woman, so a, a woman might lie. A woman might lie about being violated in order to go and get out of a marriage. Why? Because that's a piece of information that halacha lamaisa, her husband does not know. So therefore, a person may feel comfortable lying about something that they know the other party has no first-hand knowledge about. Right? And therefore, again, the, right, so they, right. However, when it comes to a get, where the, we'll say the only way to get a get is how, the only way to get a get is how, with your husband, right, or through your husband, she's not going to make up something like that and say that he gave her a get, when in fact she didn't give a get. And therefore, again, if she comes to Basin and she says, you gave me a get, so we would believe her. We would believe her. So I'll say that's one logic. So I'm really Rava. Rava, so I'll say that's Rav Hamuna. So Hamuna therefore says, if a woman shows up in Bezdin and she says, we are divorced. And Bezdin says, where's your get? And she says, I lost it. Or again, it was destroyed. Even though husband is claiming, I never divorced you. Rav Hamuna says, we believe her. We believe her because it would be outrageous. It would be outrageous for a woman to go ahead and tell a bold-faced lie about something like that in the presence of her husband. So Rava on the other hand disagrees. Rava says, Rava, Amr Adrabo. No, I, I, just the opposite. 
even according to the first iteration of the halacha that said, if a woman says, she is believed, so this is very interesting. In the first iteration of the halacha, why is it that if a woman comes forward and says, I was violated, that she's believed? Why is that? So the Gemara says, it's very simple. A woman is not going to make something like that up. She's not going to make it up. In other words, in other words that, that, is, that is such a degrading thing to say about oneself that a woman is not going to make that up. She's not going to make it up. And I will say, what's interesting is, what's interesting is, a woman won't make that up until Chazal realized that what? That what? That people were. In other words, remember again, the Mishnah, Rishonah Mishnah grown up, it's not the Peshat that one day Chazal woke up and said, like, like some people think that one day Chazal, like, Chazal woke up and said, you know, how could we make people's life more difficult today? You know, Judaism just does not impose enough strictures. What could we do to turn the screws a little bit? Some people think that that's how halacha works. Chazal Shalom, just the opposite. When you see something like this, I'll say, this is reactive. This is reactive. This is, Chazal saw people were exploiting a system. So unfortunately, when people exploit a system, so then you have to go ahead and deal with that. But in the first iteration of Halacha, when a woman said to me, of course she's believed. Of course she's believed. Because the original version of the Halacha, a person is not going to say something like that which is so potentially personally degrading. Right? A person is not going to say something like that if it wasn't true. Aval Hacha, I will say this is wild. Aval Hacha, the Zimnin, the Takef Lehman Gavra, Meiza, Umeiza. And I will say, when it comes to claiming that she's divorced, sometimes a woman would say that even if it's not true. Why not? I will say, look at the run over here. This is an incredible line. In the, in the short, in the thinner lines, four lines in. The Takef Lehman Gavra. Sometimes, Sha'al Yide Kasa. Sometimes a husband and a wife get into such a fight. And she gets so angry. It is possible that sometimes in a marriage, things could get so heated and the wife could get so angry that what could she claim? What could she claim? I'm divorced from you. I'm divorced from you. Ultimately, again, and therefore, there could be a concern that even though she's saying it, even though she's saying it, it's not true. It's said just out of such a profound state of anger. So therefore, again, this is our overarching question. A woman comes to Bezdin, she says, I'm divorced. She says, I'm divorced. Husband says, no, you're not. No, you're not. Bezdin says, where's your get? She says, I lost it. So... What's Talaka? So also we have Machlokis from Hamluna and Rava. So Master Rameshashia brought up the following case. Hashamayim beni lebeinecha. So what's that case number two in the Mishnah? Literally, again, a woman says, the heavens are between me and you. What's the case of the heavens are between me and you? This is where she's claiming she cannot become pregnant from her husband because his zera, right, his semen does not come out with force. So Master Rameshashia, Hashamayim beni lebeinecha, the Mishnah Rishona, so we'll say, so ultimately again, so in the first iteration of this halacha, so this should be a refutation of the position of Rava, to which the Gemara says, Hacha, the Lesla Kisufa, because there's no embarrassment for her over here. No embarrassment. In other words, she's just making kind of like a, like a metaphorical statement. And yet, Rava say what? So we'll say, Rava's whole chap. Remember, what did Rava say? Rava said, in the first iteration of the halacha, the reason why she's believed in the case of Tamei Lecha is why? Is why? A person would never say something 
that is so embarrassing for themselves, so embarrassing, so humiliating, if it wasn't true. Yet, I will say, take a look, take a look at the next halach, all right? Ultimately, again, and that's why she's believed. But yet, in the second case, the will say, is there any embarrassment for the woman in that case? Is there any embarrassment? No, why is there no embarrassment? Because it's, a, for, first of all, it's a name, but also because it's a euphemism. Right? In other words, it's a euphemism that's being employed over here. Okay, so first of all, not everybody learned the Mishnah on Daf Tzadik in the Dharm, so they know what that means or not. But Lamaisa, again, it's a euphemism. So there's no embarrassment, yet she still believed. Kasava Rabba is incredible. No, no, Rabba will hold in that case. Hasam, Kevan de lo Sagi de lo Amra, Ein Yorekechets, Ilo Isekitika Amra, lo Amra. Rabba is incredible. Rabba says, oh, no, no, no. The way the Mishnah phrases the claim is The heavens are between me and you. What does it mean the heavens are between me and you? What, is, what does that claim mean? That's a woman claiming ultimately what? So you have to divorce me because we can't have children because your zera is not your kechets. So Rabbi says, you think all she has to say is the metaphor? She's got to say it. She's got to say that in based in. And I will say, that's a pretty dramatic thing to say in Beisden, right in front of a Beisden. And that's a little bit, you know, embarrassing for all parties involved in Beisden. So there is Kisufa. That's why Rava says she's believed. Because Rava's whole chap is, anything that's personally embarrassing, if a person's going to make the claim, we believe them to make the claim. Rava will say the final iteration of the halacha, where she's not believed, Ultimately, should be a refutation. Ultimately, again, of Rav Hamuna, because we'll say this is a case. Ultimately, again, where she knows and her husband knows, right? And yet again, remember, Rav, Rav Hamuna's whole chap was anything that both parties know, the woman's not going to lie about. The only thing she's going to lie about is what something potentially that the other party doesn't know. Well, here is something that both parties know, both parties know, and yet again, she lies about it, but yet she's not believed, to which the Gemara says, first wide line of us in the bottom, It's interesting, the Gemara says, essentially, Rachel thinks, right, she thinks that her husband doesn't know, right? In other words, the, the Mishnah's presupposing that the wife assumes that only she knows how the zera, with what force the zera comes out. Her husband knows that they're having relations, and the husband knows that in the process of relations, ultimately there's ejaculation. But he doesn't necessarily know if that occurs with force. She knows if it occurs with force or not. Now, she's wrong. The husband knows, she knows, but she, she thinks the husband doesn't know. And therefore, ultimately, again, that's why, that's why she feels the ability to lie about it. Good. So, we'll say, so let, let's bring this all together. What's, what, so, we have two cases now outstanding. One case, ultimately, again, is the case where she's claiming, I was divorced. That, that's, so, what, what do we do in that case? But, let's, but in general, we also have the outstanding Mishnah. So, we'll say, so let's talk about this in just a moment. Here we go. This is Hilchos Gerishin. Let me go backwards. Let's start with the Gerishin case. Hilchos Gerishin, Parakid Beis, Halacha Dalid. Chapter 12, verse Halacha 4. Halacha 4. Hiomeres Gerashtani, Vavagiti. She claims, I was divorced and I lost my get. Vahu Omer, Lo Gerashticha. He says, No, never divorced you. Afa Pisha Hoksaka Ishto, 
She's believed. She's believed. Let's say why she believed. Get, this is incredible. Get ready for this chazaka. A woman's that would be like. We'll say it's interesting that there is like a cap to brazen kite. In other words, like there's only so brazen a person is going to be. So a woman is not going to say in front of her husband, "You divorced me. You divorced me." When in fact she's not divorced, that, that's the, just the chazaka. Now we'll say, by the way, does the chazaka mean that this never happens? That there'll never be a woman who's going to lie? No. Like what always chazaka means? Chazaka means that there's a presumption. The presumption tells us that things are a certain way, whatever it is. Eighty-five percent of the time, ninety percent of the time, seventy-five percent, whatever it is. Are there outliers? Of course. So, is there someone who could exploit this? Is this an exploitable system? Of course. Of course. Now you can have a woman who says, ah. I can go to Beisden, claim that I was divorced once, and no one will even challenge it because the Chazakis woman will never, will never be so brazen. So brazen. Okay? So we'll say, but that is the halacha. The halacha is that ultimately if a woman says, Gerashtani, she is believed because Chazaka ain't isha mi'iza panah b'fnei ba'ila. Good. Now we'll say, I will also just tell you, fine. Um, okay, let, let's, let, let's go ahead. Let's finish the Masechta first. And then if we have time, we'll come back to one of the halacha. We'll say some very interesting cases over here. Really interesting cases. Ha'hi isisa. Really interesting cases. Ha'hi isisa. Techoyoma de Tashmish mekadna mashe yadei legavra. So we'll say there was ultimately a couple that whenever they would have relations, that night, the next morning, the wife would always bring her husband like water to wash his hands. She would bring him negelvasa the next morning. Okay, beautiful. So the Gemara says, so what happened? So one morning, the wife brought her husband water to wash his hands. Last line of Amadalaf. So he says to her, that's so nice of you. You know, we didn't have relations last night. So thank you so much for bringing the water. But we didn't have relations last night. So I was listening to this. She essentially says, well, I had relations. Right? I, 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 I had relations, right? So, not exactly sure what's going on. Amrle im kain chad min hanochrim. Ah, luye. Guy says pretty. Not for the Shabbos table. Not for the Shabbos table, right? Let's say so. Now listen to this. So im kain chad min hanochrim. Ah, luye dehavu hacha idna i ant lo dilma min hon. She says, well, look, you know what? I, I, I guess it was someone else. She says, she, she's telling me, I had relations with someone last night. She says, I thought it was you, but maybe it was one of the... Aluye, the Ran says, the top of Amadeus, Ahaluye, Nochrim Mochre Oel. So maybe it was one of the Gentile merchants who was around, who I guess maybe pretended that he was you. But Lamai said, again, I had relations with someone. I antlo, And if it wasn't with you... Perhaps it was one of them. So we'll say, what's the Shaila? What's the Shaila? So now we'll say, is she believed? Is she believed? Now, now once again, so let's analyze this case. This, now we'll say there are two scenarios, right? If, if her husband, if her husband is a Yisrael, then what's the impact of this case? What's the impact? None. Because I will say, again, remember, having relations with someone else by mistake, by mistake, is the same thing as violation. Right? In other words, literally, if you have a case where a woman has relations with a man, thinking that the man was her husband, it turns out that it's not her husband, that's an Ones case. So if she's married to Yisrael, it's not going to be a problem. Again, but if we're talking about a Kohen situation, 
then this would be a problem. So let's suppose over here that the husband is a Kohen. So, so what's the what's Allah? Rav Nachman, this is not a problem. Rav Nachman says, no, this case sounds strange. This case sounds strange. And what we have to assume over here is that she is looking for an out from the marriage. She's looking for an out from the marriage. She's making up this story that she had relations with someone in order to get out of the marriage. And I will say, it's not just get out of the marriage. What is she looking to get out of the marriage with? With her ksuba. Her ksuba. Fine. Another case. So let's listen to this. Here's the story. There was a woman. We'll call her right. There was a woman who was acting in a very cantankerous fashion with her husband. She was in a very bad mood. Very bad mood. Husband says to his wife, What's up? Right? Why, 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 are you, why are you bragus? Why, why are you upset? She says, Well, relations were very painful last night for me, so I'm in a bad mood. So he says to her, We didn't have relations last night. So she said, once again, I had relations last night. So You know what? It must be that there are again some Gentile salesmen around. Maybe it was one of them. It was one of them. So I'll say, so once again, once again, what do we do with a claim like this? What do we do with a claim like this in terms of their marriage in Ksuva? Once again, Amlur Nachman Nachman says, Lo we do not have to pay attention to this claim. Why? No senes This again, I will say, so again, is based on the Mishnah. It's, it's really, again, this is all an extension of the Mishnah Achrona, of the second iteration of the Halacha. That when one makes a claim like this, that ultimately, again, she is a sword to her husband. Again, in the Mishnah's iteration, it was she was violated. Rav Nachman says this is the same thing. It's the same exact thing. And therefore, Allah she's not believed without any corroborating evidence. And therefore, she would remain muteras to her husband. Another case. Hu gavra to have maharzik So hu v'insisa. So we'll say another very interesting case here. There was a case. Okay, so we'll say here it is. Ruben's married to Rachel. Get ready for this. Ruben's married to Rachel. Right? Ruben's out of the house. There was another guy, Shimon, who was in the house with Rachel. He was alone in the house with Rachel. So Shimon, another guy, is alone in the house with is alone in the house with Rachel. Al Asamari Debase. Ruben came home. Parte Noif Luhutsa Vaarak. Listen to this. Shimon darts out of the house. And he runs so fast that he runs through like a wall of palm branches. In other words, so Shimon is getting out of there like nobody's business. Okay, looks a little strange. So I'll say, so I'm a rabba. So I'll say, now what's the obvious Shiloh? So, okay, so what we have over here is some very strange looking circumstances, right? Ruben comes home, Shimon was there alone with Rachel, and the moment that Ruben runs in the, comes in the house, Shimon takes off, right? Shimon takes off, running through a wall. Running through a wall, right? So, what, what, do, what do we make of this? Amar Rav, Rav says, "Is this a Sharia?" Rachel is permitted to her husband. We do not assume that anything illicit occurred. Because if something had really happened, Rav will say, "What would have happened?" Shimon, if Shimon really would have committed adultery with Rachel, he would have hid and not run. He would have hid and not run. The Ran put, excuse me, the Ran points out of here. 
Shimon is interested in people not knowing that he's an adulterer. So therefore, again, if he would have really committed adultery, he wouldn't have run, which then exposes his identity right in public. Rather, again, he would have hid. He just would have remained hidden until Ruve and Ethel was safe to, to make an escape. Okay. I'll say another interesting story. First white line. Listen to this. There was a guy who was a known adulterer. Now, I'll say, this is the guy. Everybody's got to be good at something, right? So, 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 Lamaisa, so, Lamaisa again, this was the guy, and this was, he was known. He was the adulterer. He was the adulterer, right? So, I'll say, now, what happened? So, let's call, let's call him Shimon, right? So, Shimon, the known adulterer, was in the house with Rachel. He was in the house with Rachel. He was in the house with Rachel. Asa, Asa, Gavra, Salik, Noif, Isib, Biklai, Baba. So I say, now watch this. Watch this. So what happens? Ruben comes home. Ruben comes home. Shimon, known adulterer, right? Known adulterer is in the house with Rachel. What does Shimon do? Well, it's great. He hides behind the curtain. He hides behind the curtain, right? So Shimon doesn't take off. He hides behind the curtain. Now I say, now watch this. So Ruben comes home. Ruben's hungry. What does he find? There's some cress. Cress lying around. Now, now it happened to be this cress, there was a snake, a venomous snake that was nibbling from the cress. And the snake had injected some of its venom into the cress. So boy, Mori, the base of a mechal So I say, you have to imagine the scene. Right? So we're Shimon. We're Shimon. We're Shimon. Where every good adulterer is, right? Behind the curtain, right? He's behind the curtain. What does he see? What is he speaking out behind the curtain? What does he see? Let's say, Father, you can't make this stuff up. What, right? what, what does he see? He sees Ruben, the husband, about to pick up some of the poisonous crust to take a bite out of it. So what happens? Oh, so what happens? So below, so below Daita de Incisa. So So ultimately, again, Shimon calls out from behind the curtain, literally, So imagine this. So Ruvain, the husband, is about to take a bite out of this crest, and he hears a voice from behind the curtain, Don't eat the crest. Don't eat the crest, because the snake has nibbled on the crest. So I'll say, it'll be interesting to see what was the aftermath of that conversation, Thank you, and what are you doing in my house, right? So, right, so ultimately, so what's the shayla, what's the shayla? So, Amarava, insisei sharia. The truth is, Rabbi say, is an interesting case. Rachel is permitted to her husband. Why is Rachel permitted to her husband? It's incredible. Im isa da'avid isura nechalei delechavalamos. So, Rabbi say, because if indeed Shimon had really gone ahead and committed adultery with Rachel, it would have been in his best interest for what? Let Reuven eat the crest. Let Ruvay into Christ, and the husband problem simply goes away. To which the Gemara says, Pshita, Mount him, what would you have thought? Isura Avid, Vahaida Amale, Denecha, Delecha Valemo. So I'll say, so Avid is obvious, it's obvious, of course. In other words, this seems to attest to Shimon's innocence, because Allah says, if he really was an adulterer, the best thing would be let the husband eat the crest, just shave the al don't do anything, and then your husband problem is gone. The Gemara says, no, 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 I would have, maybe not. I would have thought as follows. I would have thought that Allah maybe they really did commit adultery. So if they did commit adultery, why would Shimon tell Ruvay not to eat the crest? Well, it's incredible. The Bal because why is this? Maybe Shimon really did commit adultery, but yet Shimon doesn't want Ruvain to die. Why wouldn't Shimon the adulterer 
want Ruvain, the husband, to die. Listen to this. Because Ruvet Shimon, excuse me, wants Rachel to remain a married woman. Why would Shimon the adulterer want Rachel to remain a married woman? The Gemara says, Mayim Ginuvim Yimtaku, Velechem Sisarim Yinaim. Because you know why? Stolen waters are sweeter. Shimon's not interested in Rachel if she's available. Shimon's only interested in Rachel. Why? Because she's with someone else. That's what makes the relationship exciting. Right? That's what makes the that's what makes the waters sweet. So I'll say this is incredible. So you might have thought, you might have thought that Allah Khalamaisa, do you know why Shimon saved Ruvain's life? Do you know why Shimon saved Ruvain's life? Because he wants to continue the affair. And the affair is only exciting if she's married. But if now she's available, she's like any other woman. And therefore, again, the entire relationship loses its excitement. Kamash malano. Kamash malano say, as much as the stolen waters are sweeter, but Lamaisa, again, at the end of the day, if the adulterer, or again, if Shimon, the serial adulterer, saves the life of Rubain, that is a pretty good indication that halacha Lamaisa, Shimon did not do anything with Rachel, Rubain's wife. Rubain's wife. I'll just say in the one minute that we have left, it's an incredible thing that the Gemara ends off, the Masechta ends off. First of all, what a way to end the Masechta, right? In general, in general. But it's fascinating that the Masechta ends off with this concept of Mayim Genuvim Yimtaku. We see this concept, right? Stolen waters. You're both say, this principle is the oldest principle. It's the, principle, the oldest principle of all time. Because we'll say, where's the first example we see of this? Adam Arishon. Adam Arishon. Adam Arishon was able to eat from anything and everything he wanted. Right, there's one thing HaKadosh Baruch who told him, don't eat from. The eats das Tovara. The one thing. And yet, the one thing Adam Arishon couldn't resist in the entire world. You can have everything. You can have everything. Why? Because as Chazal tell us, stolen waters are sweet. Or in other words, I was saying, when you tell a person they can't have something, that's what they want more than anything. I was saying, what's the psychology of that? What's the psychology of that? The spiritual psychology that I would say is, that man is made with Salam Elohim. Man is made in the image of God. What constraints does a Kaddish Baruch Hu have upon him? What, what constraints? None. There's a piece of me that wants to be fully unconstrained as well. There's a piece of me that wants to be free. And it stems from a holy place. I am made, there's a spark of a Kaddish Baruch Hu in me. I am made in the image of the Ribbon Shalom. So the same way that the Ribbon Shalom is limitless and constrainless and totally free, I want that for me as well. What's the problem in life? We go about attaining that freedom in all the wrong ways. We think that we attain freedom by breaking down barriers, by saying that things that are prohibited should become permitted. That's the mind you know, we break down. The quest for freedom is beautiful. The quest for freedom is incredible because it stems from my God-like image. My God has absolute freedom, no constraints. And I want that as well. But we look for that freedom in all the realms. This is a psychology of sin. Sin makes absolutely no sense. You take out your ledger paper, you make two columns, pros and cons. I will say, which column always wins? Wow. Wow. That is an absolutely scary, deafening silence. Okay. Allow me, allow me, allow me to provide a little bit of chinuch. Right? So I will say, the cons list always wins. Why? For the simple reason, by the way, all right, I'm glad. All right, for the, for, the, for the simple reason, I will say, that whatever you're going to get out of sin is limited and temporal. The cons, right, the fallout could be eternal. 
The fallout can literally be eternal. So the cons always win. So why do we sin? Why do we sin if it makes absolutely no sense? Because I want freedom. I want freedom. But I both say, where does real freedom come from? So I both say, real freedom comes from Mishnah Perkevus. Mishnah is in Parak Vav Halachahe. Sorry, Mishnah Hey. She'in lecha ben chorin. Elamisha osei patorah. You want freedom? You want freedom? Freedom comes from this. Freedom comes from Torah. Because when you learn, when you learn, learning allows you to engage in a self-transcendent experience. Learning allows you to discover the most incredible parts of yourself. Learning allows you to overcome your base instincts. Learning allows you to overcome your animalistic drives. Learning allows you to become something bigger and better than anything you ever could. People like to find freedom in the stolen waters. But we find freedom in Meseches Nadarim. We find freedom in Torah. We find freedom to self-actualize in our beautiful Torah. Kedosha. So Rabbi Ozei, Mazel Tov on completing Meseches Nadarim. In Yerat Hashem tomorrow, the journey continues with Meseches Nazir. May you Zohar, Yerat Hashem, to find freedom together for many years to come. Okay.